As a vibrant part of campus life, our chapel gathering at Trinity Western creates opportunities for us to hear and be changed by God's story in Jesus through music, teaching, prayer, scripture reading, and storytelling. We're glad you're listening in today. We hope that you encounter God's heart for you and the world. getting to know a newish friend um, and, and, and fellowshipping over food, like that's like my favorite thing. Like I, Jesus fellowshiped over food, I fellowship over food. Uh, so we're chatting, we're sharing, you know, life's challenges and the things that are happening. Um, and so this friend decides to offer her encouragement and faith in the form of her advice. And so I'm listening uh, to this advice and I'm thinking, wow, this is really not helpful. This is actually bad advice. Like, please stop talking. This is not, this is, <laughs> this is not hitting the mark here. Um, and so I just kind of made a mental note. You know what? Counseling people through, you know, hard situations and struggles may not be this person's gift noted. Um, but sometimes we have these situations right, where we have either unsolicited or just bad advice. How do you handle unsolicited or bad advice? Um, it can be pretty irritating and sometimes just insulting. Uh, I know that for me, uh, as someone who is, I'm 38, I've been married for almost 15 years, but I don't have kids. And so uh, people would like to uh, offer their prayers and their petitions, their um, recommendations for infertility treatments. Uh, when I tell them or when they ask me, do I have kids? And I say no. Uh, and I'm just thinking like, did I miscommunicate something? Like, did I like somewhere in my response of no, say that I wanted to have kids, was trying to have kids, couldn't have kids. Therefore, I wanted your prayers and petitions and advice. Uh, and then sometimes, you know, the rude ones are just like, well, what are you waiting for? And I'm thinking again, did I miscommunicate something? Like, did I communicate that I was waiting for something or like waiting other than just like waiting on God in all things, right? Did I miscommunicate? So <laughs> people have gotten better. Over the years, people have gotten better, um, or that, or my face has gotten stinker, so they don't they don't say anything. But I try to be like Jesus, so now I say no with a smile, like nope. <laughs> and if I feel like they need a little extra help minding their own business, like the Bible tells them to mind their own business, um, I add things like, yeah, that's why my hair is still black, and you know my skin, you know I still you know look right right? Still looking good. It's because my house is quiet and, you know, I get to sleep in and take naps whenever I want. And that usually like <laughs> brings it all the way <laughs> back down. I know some of y'all are like, Charlotte is crazy. Yeah, that might be a little bit true there. 
So I'm just like, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. So today we're going to be looking at um, Job 8, 1 through 7, uh, where Job's well-intentioned, well-intentioned friend, Bildad, decides that it's his turn to offer up his advice. And he feels pretty confident in his counsel, right? He feels like, yes, this right here, I'm about to drop truth, okay? And so we're going to spend some time looking at how we counsel um, people as well as how we understand God. So uh, let's go ahead and pray. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, we are um, so grateful to have yet another opportunity to spend time in your word, uh, Father, to learn from you, uh, from your scriptures, God, the things that you want us to know um, about you, uh, Father, that we might be uh, mature in our walks with you. Father, I pray that you um, open up all of our hearts and minds to what your spirit would say. God, we invite your Holy Spirit um, into this moment, into this time. Father, I pray uh, that you use me as your vessel, uh, Father, that it's not about me or what I say or necessarily even how I say it, but God, that your word goes out um, the way that you intend for it to go out and to be received. Uh, so Father, we thank you so much for this time, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so here is what the Bible reads in Job 8, um, starting in verse 1. It says, Then Bildad the Shuhite replied to Job, How long will you go on like this? You sound like a blustering wind. Does God twist justice? Does the Almighty twist what is right? Your children must have sinned against him. So their punishment was well deserved. But if you pray to God and seek the favor of the Almighty, and if you are pure and live with integrity, you will surely rise up. He will surely rise up and restore your happy home. And though you started with little, you will end with much. Thanks, Bill Dad, for that. <laughs> so when your friend is clearly on the struggle bus, right? When your friend is clearly on the struggle bus, lead with compassion, right? When I say lead, I mean start with, right? Start with compassion, right? Bildad seems so offended, right? So offended that Job was holding on to his innocence, right? And that he was beginning to question God's justice, that he was just like, you know what, we're just going to kick this off with a rebuke. That's how we're going to get down today. So here's what he says. How long will you go on like this? You sound like a blustering wind. Or in other translations, it says, the words of your mouth are like a great wind. Here's what he's basically saying. Bildad is saying that you're talking a lot. I hear a lot of noise. I hear a lot of sound. But you don't have any solid substance to what you're saying. Okay, all right, Bill Dad. Did no one teach you the sandwich method? Like positive, negative, positive? Like you gotta sandwich the negative in there? No, no one told you, or at least just like acknowledge your friend's pain and their distress. You could have started off with, wow, Job, you know, oh, I literally cannot imagine what you are going through. That sounds hard. That sounds painful, 
right? He could have at least started with that, but mm, not Bill Dad. He's like, I'm going in. I'm going in and you're going to like it. <laughs> um, and so here's the thing. Maybe Bill Dad was tired. Like I'm trying to understand Bill Dad. Maybe he was tired, right? Bill Dad has traveled from wherever he lives. He's likely traveled from far. He's been spending the last seven days with his friend in silence and probably in these seven days he's you know he's likely a wise friend he's you know been praying he's been um pondering the circumstances what happened he lost you know all of his belongings all of his kids like his wife is like dude you just need to curse god and die like he's likely pondering all of these things and just going through and processing the stuff and trying to understand God. He might be thinking back to what he learned in Sunday school about God. And so he's, he's here. And then perhaps after seven long days of just being in silence and pondering all of these things and Job goes, you know, around and around with all of his feelings. And then he starts, you know, saying it like it is maybe that tilt that tipped Bildad over the edge. Maybe Bildad was like, nah, chief, that's it. I ain't with it. Um, and, and so he went in. Uh, but as, in, as Christians, I want to encourage us to lead with compassion, right? God calls us to a place to minister to people in need, right? Whether they're friends, family, sometimes it's pure strangers. When God calls us to minister to those people who are in need, I want us to be leading with compassion, or I want to encourage us to lead with compassion. You know, the Bible tells us to speak the truth in love um, and to say words that build up so that it may be a grace. Uh, it may give grace to those who hear. That's Ephesians um, 4, 15 and 29, right? Say words that build up so that it can give grace to those who hear. Now, there is a time for rebuke, right? There's a time for rebuke when your friend is mourning the loss of everything they have, everything that they've ever known. Now is not the time. Now is the time to just love and to love well um, your friend, even if they're starting to say some dumb stuff, right? Even if they're starting to say some stuff that you're like, ooh, yeah, that's... um. That's, yeah, that's not it. This is a great opportunity for you to, to, to stand in the gap and to be in a posture of prayer and to intercede on behalf of your friend because some things just, it just needs prayer uh, to be made right. And one of the most compassionate things that you can do is to just ask this question. So do you want me to just listen to you? or would you like me to give my advice? And the person will answer you. They will tell you exactly what it is that they want or need from you. So as we continue in verses three and four, um, Bildad comes to God's defense now, right? Which generally sounds team God, I'm, I'm with it, right? But here's what, here's what he says. Does God twist justice? Does the almighty twist what is right? Your children must have sinned against him. So their punishment was well deserved. My goodness, Bill Dad, my goodness. I mean, it starts off sounding good, right? You know, his base argument was solid. God is a God of justice, check. But Bildad's understanding or his idea of God's justice is what was 
incorrect and is creating some of these problems. And so now Bildad makes this false conclusion based upon his limited understanding, right? He makes a false conclusion based on his limited understanding. So this is what he does. Because God is just, right? This is his logic. Because God is just, therefore your children must have sinned against him in order for him to kill them, right? Or he's just like, look here, Job, apparently your children was ratchet and God said they had to go, period, right? Like, Oh, okay, Bildad. Okay. Uh, but here's what we learn in Isaiah 55, eight through nine, the scriptures say, my thoughts are not like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine for just as the heavens are higher than the earth. So my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We have to be careful to not presume that we know and understand all of God's ways, how he exacts justice or how he manages the world. I don't know how I manage my own life, much less manage the world. And so let me not presume to know that I understand what God is doing or what he is not doing. His thoughts are surely not my thoughts and his ways are surely not my ways. So don't put God in your limited box, right? Don't put God in your limited box. It is human nature to want to define boundaries, to like, um, to define uh, borders. It helps us make sense of the things around us. It helps us draw conclusions. It, everything begins to fit, especially us like, you know, kind of type A perfectionist type people, any Enneagram ones, threes out there. Yes, we need we need the, we need the things. Um, and so we like explanations. We like to feel like we can wrap our minds and our arms around something. Um, but we learn in Matthew 5, 45, that the sun rises and the rain falls on the righteous and the wicked alike. God will bless and God will also bring suffering on the wicked and the righteous alike. And since we can't be quick to assume that we know everything about God, we have to avoid being quick to judge, being quick to judge, especially when we just don't know. We don't know, right? See, here's Bildad. Bildad assumed that there was sin because of the end result, but he didn't actually have like real evidence, right? He didn't have concrete evidence. He didn't see, there was no reports that his children were a hot mess. He's just like, look, the end result was they died. So therefore they was a mess, right? That's how he did it. So we have to watch how we judge people um, and myself included. I'm even thinking about um, like this go-to phrase that I have kind of permeated in youth ministry amongst my leaders. Uh, we say this often to the children, life has consequences, right? Life has consequences. And so my point of saying that is I want them to make wise choices, right? I want them to do things that would please and honor God because when you do dumb stuff, oftentimes there are consequences. Um, but what I might also be communicating is that the suffering that they are experiencing um, is the result of bad decisions when that might not be the actual case. Um, so 
we just have to be careful how we judge or, or the things that we say um, and how people might um, misunderstand things about God or his nature because of the things that we say. So we don't know right? The conditions of someone's life. Um, we don't know what brought them to those circumstances. Um, we don't know what may have happened between now and the last time that we may have engaged with them. We just don't know. But here's what we do know. We do know that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, right? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right, God's need for justice and his desire to extend his love and his grace was met in this out-of-the-box thinking way of sending Jesus to the cross. Right, We would have never thought of that, but God did because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways um, are different than our ways. And so perhaps we can lean into grace just a little bit more um, because we know that God has been so gracious with us. So in this study on Job, an author named Eric Ortland says, uh, there is an implied warning in these chapters that when we speak with people who are suffering, we can be biblical, air quotes, and plausible and yet still deeply wound someone whom God thinks highly. I'm going to read that again. There's an implied warning in these chapters that when we speak with people who are suffering, we can be biblical and plausible and yet still deeply wound someone of whom God thinks highly. Here's the thing. The cross of Christ shows us that God thinks highly of all of his sons and daughters, so much so that he sent Jesus to die for us. Not for one of us, not for just the most righteous, but for all of us. God thinks highly of all of us. So let's avoid wounding the people that God has demonstrated his unconditional love for. So lastly, be careful not to air your own opinions. Point people to the word of God and let the word of God do its job. So here's what Bildad says in verses five through seven. He says, but if you pray to God and seek the favor of the almighty, and if you are pure and live with integrity, he will surely rise up and restore your happy home. And though you started with little, you will end with much, right? First, Bildad continues to make his assumption, right? On the surface, his advice sounds really good. He's like, you know what, just pray, seek the favor of the Almighty, be pure and live with integrity. But his, his, his um, advice is rooted in this judgmental assumption that Job hasn't been praying, that he hasn't been seeking the favor of God, and therefore Job must be guilty, right? He's not uh, pure, he's lacking integrity. And so he keeps saying, if you do this, then God will do that. Again, based on the assumption that Job is not doing those things or he is not operating from a place of character um, and integrity. So the reason that, you know, he's saying, Job, you're in the pickle now is because, you know, you just you just kind of a hot mess. And, you, you know, I, I get it. We, we typically think that you're pretty awesome, but clearly 
you must be a hot mess right now. So just repent, right? <laughs> so these are all of Bildad's opinions. These are his opinions because he does not know fact, right? We know from our study of Job that Job was upright and that there was something major happening in the spiritual realm that we humans simply were not privy to, right? We know that. And here's something that I am tickled by. Um, Proverbs 18.2, it says, fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinion. Do you delight in airing your own opinion like Bildad? Well, the scriptures might lead me to conclude that you might be a fool. I didn't write it. I didn't write the scriptures, right? But we need to be careful not to be airing our own opinion, right? Delighting in our own, in the airing of our own opinion. And as we examined earlier, Bildad started off with a rebuke. Like he opened up with a rebuke. Now I am game. I am game for a solid, hearty rebuke when it is necessary. But let's look at what 2 Timothy uh, 3.16 says. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work, right? It is the scriptures that are useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness, not our opinions, right? So as we find ourselves in places where we are ministering to others, we need to make sure that we are using scriptures um, to do the work, right? Putting the scriptures to the purpose for which God gave them to us. Scriptures are useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness. So more scripture, less opinion. More scripture, less opinion. So as we begin to close our time together, I want to share with you um, another quote from a book called Old Testament Wisdom Literature. Um, and part of it reads, um, one of the main lessons of Job and Ecclesiastes is that the wisdom of Proverbs is not a simple path. Human wisdom must be combined with faith and endurance. Human wisdom must be combined with faith and endurance. Things aren't always going to make sense to our human minds, right? They're not always going to process. Like we try to process it in every which way. We're trying to, you know, make sense of it. And we often have a friend like Bildad who is well-intentioned, right? His, you know, his desires get, I, I do believe that Bildad genuinely loves Job, right? He wouldn't have traveled all of this way to mourn with him. Um, but oftentimes we may offer biblically sounding, plausible um, solutions to challenges, um, but be grossly incorrect and harmful when we do it. So we must add faith. Right, Faith is trust and reliance on God, um, that God is working things out for our good, that we don't see it, but we're going to come out um, on the other side from all the things that are happening in the unseen world. Like we must add faith and then we must add endurance. 
right? Because while God is working it out, we may be experiencing some tough things on this side of eternity, right? We were not promised that everything was going to be peaches and rainbows, right? We might be experiencing some tough things. And I think this is why one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is patience or in some translations, long suffering, right? It is a fruit of the spirit because we need it. Um, for our lives. So I will leave you with this scripture, uh, James 1, 2 through 4. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. When your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So then perhaps uh, we will be better counselors to our friends um, and more accurately communicate uh, the ways of God. Amen. All right. Let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much uh, for your words, for your scriptures. God, we thank you that your scriptures are useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Uh, Father, we desire to just know your word, to lean into your word. God, help us to use your scriptures, um, not our opinions, as we counsel those whom you bring into um, our lives. Um, and Father, help us to grow in our understanding of you and your ways, God. Add to our faith um, the endurance that we need to be able to get through all of the things that are happening, God, with our faith intact, God, that we might grow, that we might mature, uh, that we might be honoring you, honoring you in our personal lives, as well as honoring you um, in our friendships and relationships. Uh, with other people. Uh, Father, we love you and we thank you. It's in your son's name we pray these things. Amen. All right, guys, have a great day. Thanks for listening. We hope to worship with you at our next broadcast online at livechapel.twu.ca. You can also stay connected with Chapel and Student Ministries by following us on Instagram at TWUChapel and at TWU Student Min. Much love.